This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Uh, again, I'm Greg. Off to the left, Bobby, the producer in the house. If you want to take part in the show tonight, you can do it one of two different ways. You can call the show toll-free, 877 You can also email the show if you want to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Look at that. Everybody already picking up on the new digs on the microphone landscape. Bobby, drumroll, please. The newest sponsor of the show. You can read it. You can see it. 
really professional and succulent Green Mountain Grills, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Jason Baker, Green Mountain Grills have decided to come aboard in really the most prevalent way. Um, I did put it out. If you were looking to get in touch on how to partner with the show, this was probably two or three weeks ago. I made Facebook posts. I made Twitter posts that the most sought-after land... How many times did get the pork puller thing, get the pork puller thing away? Well, good. guess what? We amped it up a notch, and we got the professional mic flag done through whatever the name of the company was, and I don't remember what it is. We got Green Mountain Grills here. You got the logos here, logos all around, so it's absolutely a, a more professional-looking mic flag, which I like. I'm happy to partner with Green Mountain Grills as well, so uh, welcome aboard to the folks at Green Mountain Grills. And uh, we'll actually be having an interview with Jason Baker a week from tonight, just so happens to be, not because I just started this week. That's a coincidence. But we're going to be talking about uh, pellet grills and all that good stuff. So, by the way, if you wanted to uh, know what was happening on the show tonight, a little bit more pellet talk for you, if you want. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's what I had. A few flashes. That's going to happen. Am I flashing, Bob? Yeah. Wow, that's bad. Um, I'm going to have to try and fix that later. But there is a flash. Here's what's happening on the show tonight, regardless. Coming up, first guest tonight in the first hour. That's right, Fred. Flashing is cool. Um, Mark Graham from Gorilla. You know I have a Gorilla. I've had a Gorilla for a number of months now, so we're going to talk to him. Concept of the Grill, bringing it to market, all the good stuff. After that, we're going to have a special guest who I'm going to leave nameless at the moment, but you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Second hour, Andy Husbands, a reality TV show darling, will be in. Also, co-author of the very successful barbecue cookbook, Wicked Good Barbecue, which was also done with Chris Hart from IQ. And then helping me round out the show in the second hour is Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue Team, one of the hottest teams out there on the competition circuit right now. So there you go, and that's what's happening. Lots to get to. But we know what's happening right now. Bobby, cue the drum roll for Survey Tuesday. Question number one. Most of you probably saw it if you get it. That being the finale of Barbecue Pitmasters. Are you happy with the winner of Barbecue Pitmasters? That's question number one. Question number two. What team would you like to see on the show next season? And I'll get to that take here in a second. Question number three. What cut of pork is your favorite of the whole hog from nose to ass and everything in between? What is your favorite part of that pork product? So there you go. All right, update on the contest between me and Chad Ward from Whiskey and Red Barbecue. Remember, at risk is my hair, also Chad's hair, and his facial hair. I don't care about this. I can grow this in a week, obviously. Most of you probably didn't even notice this last week, and it's like fully grown in now. Um. True Bud Barbecue still in second place and just outside of the top spot by like a small handful of points. So at uh, July 3rd, more than halfway through the year, my hair strategically and safely intact, barbecue well down the charts. So, Chad, start sharpening the razors. Also, I was able to take a trip down to Canton, Ohio just this past weekend. Sam's Club was in town. Uh, They do these contests right in the lot of Sam's Club, which is very nice. And I was finally able to meet up with some people. Well, actually, I had met uh, the first camp that I stopped into. Well, actually, let me recap. Uh, met first and foremost 
Troy Black, who's series organizer. He's been on the show a number of times, but never met Troy in person. So great guy, small guy, great guy to talk to, uh, really knows his stuff, kind of gave me the lay of the land and what the competition was all about and where they were at when I got there, which was just about just, it was probably like the right time, just after brisket turn in, so I could go through it start thieving samples and seismic and gargantuan proportions. So talked with Troy a little bit. Met Michael McDearman, who was on the uh, grilling side of that. Troy does the demo of Slow and Low for the patrons there. And then Mike McDearman does the hot and fast, the grilling portion, that expert grilling portion. And he is phenomenal. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of Mike and what he is doing out there. And he cooks great. And on top of all that, I mean, he is absolutely fabulous with the crowd and interacting with them so much so that i had to get him booked onto the show asap so uh, we are in the process of doing that i believe we're probably either the 24th or the 31st for having mike on so i can't wait to talk to him about what he's got going on Uh, you know he does sell a line of smokers Uh, he does do this thing with sam's club but look he has got one of the most fascinating items that i cannot even talk about it is going to change the game of barbecue in general, and I can't wait to have him come on the show and announce it, but he gave me an insight. I can't, you won't even begin to imagine what he's come up with. Game changer, that's all I have to say. So met and talked with Mike a couple different times. Fabulous. If you ever get a chance to get down to a Sam's Club event, even if you don't talk to any team, search out the grilling portion and hook up with Mike. I mean, he is a wealth of knowledge, just a great guy, and is cooking great meat, which you can sample the ribeye with the blue cheese sauce, if you don't mind. And is educating the people very well. So just a wonderful person all around. Then I got to meet, well, I got to meet back up with uh, Mark and Matt from Velvet Smoke based out of Cincinnati. They had a really good cook, just finished out of the top six. Uh, they were eighth overall, so they don't get to move on to the regional round. But came in second in brisket, and I was able to sample their brisket. It was freaking phenomenal results. Don't lie on that. Uh, I was also able to meet Tom Hol- or Tim Holes from uh, Tim Holes Barbecue, and uh, again, uh, just finishing out of the top six, unfortunately, uh, but great guy, local guy, Columbus, and he's somebody that uh, listens to me on the show, got to meet his family, his two young daughters, it was awesome, awesome, fun time. Uh, and then, you know, I guess the thing that made me spring down to this event in Canton specifically, nothing against any of the other competitors or, you know, the Sam's Club being event, uh, being down in Canton, is Tuesday prior to the event, I was going through the list of teams that were going to be comp- right at the end of the list at 28. Robert McGee, Munchin Hogs at the Hilton is listed. I'm like, this is, has to be a mistake. So I get on the internets and I blast Robert off an email. He's like, sure enough, I'm going to be there. And I said, well, that just might put me over the edge. I think I might be coming to check out uh, Munchin Hogs at the Hilton. And sure enough, went down there. It was actually him. And he rolled out the red carpet for me, sampled everything except chicken because that had been put away most of the time. Ribs were phenomenal. Brisket was phenomenal. And it was two different kinds, prime and the Wagyu. So I got my first taste of Wagyu brisket. Also, uh, the pork and the money muscle. I mean, it just goes to show that the backyard cook like myself thinks they make a pretty good product. And then when you get down and you are able to sample the current reigning KCBS Team of the Year's product. Yeah, it's a little bit. Hence the reason why my daughters kept asking me, Dad, how come your stuff doesn't taste like this? 
Well, let me tell you why. Because that's the top one of the top cooks in KCBS, and I am not. And that's why there's such a, a taste discrepancy. My stuff tastes good, no doubt about it. There's stuff on a whole different playing field. So that was really fun, and I uh, was very super excited to get down there and meet everybody. And it was nice to see the show Karma Holding True, um, because Robert McGee, Munch, and Hogs, trucking all the way 12, 13 hours from Kansas City, were able to finish reserve grand champion. They will be moving on to the regional round as well. All right, maybe you didn't see this. This is a, a great piece of news. I'm getting redirected here. Drum roll, please, Bobby. You know where I had her on last week to close out the show, Danielle Domofsky. Guess what? Danielle getting her own TV show coming up spring of 2013. We don't want to clap for that, Bob. Come on. Pick it up. June 27th. So this was released last week, uh, and I believe this is going to be a Canadian-based show. Travel Plus Escape and RTR Media announced the start of production of Season 1 of the original series Barbecue Crawl, which is the working title right now. It's going to be a 10-episode series. It'll premiere uh, spring of 2013. And basically, this is what's happening. A rollicking road trip. Barbecue Crawl is about one woman's passion to eat her way through the best barbecue joints in North America. Host Daniel Domofsky grabs her barbecue pals, hopefully me, and embarks on a journey to bite into every mouth-watering, finger-licking barbecue joint that crosses her path as she travels with the barbecue competition circuit. Barbecue Crawl is going to be the ultimate road trip across North America barbecue stops, said Marsha Martin, SVP, Creative Content, that's Senior Vice President for Glassbox Television. Danielle's a prolific pitmaster and the perfect guide to take us on the barbecue competition circuit. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't be happier for someone who honestly is getting just due for all the work that she has put in in this industry. So, again, congratulations to Danielle Domofsky, for uh, being able to announce the fact that she does have this TV show that is currently in production or will start production soon and uh, couldn't happen to a greater person. Um, Also, this past Sunday, Barbecue Pitmaster's finale came on, and uh, we had uh, Solomon. We had – I'm not going to remember all the names here. We had Solomon, Johnny Trigg, Daniel Domofsky – uh, Melissa Cookston, and I want to say, was it It's uh, Brister, Sonny Brister? That's probably right. I think I might have gotten all five. Uh, uh, Corey Brister, right. Corey Brinson, sorry. So uh, they all competed head-to-head, and then, bam, wouldn't you know it, Johnny Trigg pulls out grand champion, wins the 50 grand title of barbecue pitmaster. Also, by the way, Happened to win live and in person the event that he was at over the weekend at a KCBS event. So dual uh, dual grand championships, if you will, for Smoke and Triggers. So carrying over some of that show karma. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I wasn't able to see it, that I want to congratulate Johnny Trick. It sounds like, from all accounts, that the meats they use, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, they did throw in, I believe it was pork jowls uh, at the end to turn in with... Pork and ribs, I believe, were the last meats. I hate to sound like I'm showing my ass here, but I really didn't see it. And it's just a fun end to a show that, drumroll, a show that has been picked up for a new season already prior to the finale showing. So Barbecue Pitmasters will be on the air again on Destination America. And as we go through here, let me quickly read over this so I don't leave out any of the most important information. 
Uh, Destination America has a recipe for ratings success. Fires up the grill for another season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Uh, just a quick insight here. The secret's in the sauce on the heels of unprecedented ratings success for Barbecue Pitmasters. Destination America greenlights another season of Barbecue Bliss since the network's debut on Memorial Day weekend. On what was formerly Planet Green, Barbecue Pitmasters has helped drive record-setting nights in June. Barbecue Pitmasters is Destination America's number one original series among all key demos, and I'm not going to bore you with all of that. So it seems that while the channel itself might be kind of hard to get for some of us, I don't know if I should say most of us, The show has found a home. They are more than happy with the success that Barbecue Pitmasters has brought to the channel. And again, if you go back to listening to John Marcus and talking about the show, nobody wanted the show anymore. TLC wasn't going to be bringing it back on the parent station, on the flagship station, TLC. It was just kind of thrown in a heap with all of the other shows. And when Destination America was relaunched or revamped or whatever you want to call it, they were able to kind of sift through all the other shows that were just kind of thrown in the reality TV bin, if you will. And they were a little more forward-thinking. They realized that there was a demographic that they wanted to get to, uh, perhaps more male. And bang, here you are. You have a show that is going to appeal to a wide, uh, wide range of age groups. They went ahead and took a chance on it. Uh, weren't able to really give a budget to a huge production. And I think there were some elements that you know were missing. Uh, I, I continue to maintain that this style of show just isn't one for me, uh, that chopped style of show. But I enjoyed seeing the teams that were on there. I enjoyed seeing what they were cooking. I liked the fact they were giving you a little bit more insight to process and how they were getting to meet to go. I don't take as a definitive stance, I don't want to say against, and we're going to have Meathead on the show next week, I believe, or, or it could be two weeks' time. And we're going to talk about how Pitmasters ends up. I mean, he wrote recaps of every week, and he was a little bit more scathing of contestants, scathing of format, and of what he thinks would make a better show. I don't know if I'm necessarily all the way on his end. I think the fact that it is still on television and that the key important thing here, folks, is that the show and John Marcus have found a home. They have found a broadcast network or a station that wants the show and wants to make it live there. So that's key number one. You can build from there. Once you find somebody that likes the show and that wants to keep it around and isn't like taking a chance on it, like I think all of these other stations were, now you have something to build on, and I think that is what is key with all of that. So congratulations to uh, Danielle for getting her new show. Congratulations to John Marcus and all the people out there at Barbecue Pitmasters for getting picked up for another season, and to Johnny Trigg for being Pitmaster of season three, and we'll have another one to look forward to. All right, Bob, let's go. Break time. We're going to uh, come back and talk to Mark Graham from uh, Grillo. Lock me out there. Pay attention. Okay, let me tell you quickly about Casey Lick's Barbecue Supply. Look, there are uh, – you have to click this uh, like on. Uh, like on. There you go. You got it. Um, there are unsavory businesses and uh, creeping marauders at each turn on the Internet. I think we can all agree on that. But sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or over the next town or the next town over from that, and you have become limited 
on what you're going to do. You're either going to go buy it online or you're just going to go without it. Uh, the internet grip sets in. The hands start to sweat. Your neck tightens. You have been jammed up on the internet purchase before. You don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money you're spending, and you don't want to feel uneasy. You want to be confident when you're making that online purchase is what I'm saying. So here's why there's great news. You can deal with Fred Bernardo and the gang over at Tasty Looks Barbecue. They'll relieve you of your internet buying stresses. Tasty Looks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All of the items that you see on Fred's website are in stock. They are ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the Internet that you might get an item cheaper? Perhaps. But are you 100% confident you're actually going to get the item you buy? How long is it going to take to you when you order it? All great questions that no one can answer with 100% assurity. And that's why when you buy from Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store. They ship to you promptly. Everything in the store is priced fairly. If you want to try and work a special deal with Fred, give him a call. I'm sure there's something you might be able to work out. Fred's a businessman. He's not looking to lose sales by any stretch of the imagination. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, you don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So if you're almost doing this two-for-one thing, you're shopping at a sponsor, buying other sponsors' products from the show sponsors. It's the best of both worlds. And don't forget that Tasty Looks has their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces as well, so be sure to try those. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com. Let the confidence exude from you as you make your purchase online. Then enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's the place to go. Pellet Talk next with Mark Graham from Gorilla. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with the show. My first guest tonight created the pellet cooker, which has garnered the most word-of-mouth traffic by far this year. I've been cooking on one of these for almost eight or nine months. Here to talk about it is the sales engineer from Fahrenheit Technology. We race over to the hotline and grab first-timer to the show, Mark Graham from Fahrenheit Technologies and the Grilla. Mark, how are you, buddy? Mark, got him up. Channel three. Mark. Mm. Why don't I hear him? And I just tested this too, right? All right, let's uh, channel three. Yeah. All right, try uh, hang up and call again. Go ahead and uh, just leave his mic up, too. Make sure it's ringing. <laughs> uh, coming up later in the hour, special guest. 
you call me out on something right, and uh, I'll make sure. He might have just hung up because he heard me reading. I was just listening to my grandma's Please give your name and number, and I'll get hold of you as soon as possible. Oh. <laughs> it's a buzzer! <laughs> well, we're waiting. Mark, we're waiting, buddy. He might call in. Uh, let me see if I can find... There was like a secondary number that I think he was telling me about. That's Mark. Perfect. Let's see. All right, let's try this. Uh, hit... Uh, something that says like call or... Hit uh, close. And then uh, is there something that says, like, uh, dial on them? Yeah. And then dial. Pardon me, folks. I'm muting out. Three, five, two, zero. And then go ahead and hit the call button there. All right. We'll see. This is, this is the secondary number to call, just in case. I don't want to go through the intro. And then, you know, there's nothing there anymore. You're not there to reap the rewards of this huge intro that I'm thinking. Uh, I was looking for Mark. Yes. Mark, this is Greg. We're live. Hey, I got just sucked. Mark. Yeah. Hello, it's Mark. Mark, this is Greg, Barbecue Central Radio Show. Greg? I'm sorry? This is, Mark, this is Greg from the Barbecue Central Radio Show. We have an interview tonight? Yes. I tried the other number, but I'm guessing cell phone reception isn't that good. Okay. Um, I can, can you hear me now fine? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I called that other number you told me to call. Yeah, we, uh, that's my other cell phone. We're trying, that's why I gave you two numbers. One's Verizon, one's AT&T. Well, okay, so we're going to give a, give a plug to a huge carrier. Which one uh, is the better cell phone carrier tonight? Well, right now, uh, Sprint is not doing well. It looks like Verizon's winning. Verizon is winning. There you go. All right. Uh, all right, so Mark, let's go ahead. You know, uh, we'll talk about the cooker here in a bit, but if you could give us a little background, uh, you know, about you and the parent company Fahrenheit Technologies before we move into Gorilla. Yeah, no problem. Uh, the parent company Fahrenheit is a uh, spinoff of a automotive stamping company, Edmar Manufacturing. Um, it started off as an automotive stamping. Uh, it then transitioned into a uh, construction company making uh, poured concrete wall forms and uh, other accessories that go to the poured concrete industry. Um, from that, we had, obviously, the machines and the uh, manpower to do a uh, to try something new and to diversify the company. And uh, one of the ways we thought to do that was starting with a pellet stove. Well, like, um, so. like with any good product, there is like a time when this idea probably comes to mind. So when did the idea of Gorilla hit you and you decide to make that proposal to the to higher-ups? It was about two years ago. I think it was in Salt Lake City. It may have been actually three years ago when we started concepting the idea. It was in Salt Lake City at the Hearth and Home Show. And after walking around, and this has probably been the third or fourth one I've been to, we noticed that there's other industries obviously out there. And uh, I've seen all these grills. And to me, they just really seemed all to look the same other than getting a little bit bigger, going to stainless steel, adding an extra burner, maybe putting some cool lights on it. But 
there just wasn't anything that really caught my eye. And that's when I talked to the owner, who's a good friend of mine. I said, you know what? We need to make a grill. We're going to make something that's totally different than everything else. Whether it takes or not, I don't know, but it's going to be different. (laughs) So that's probably when it started. That was about two and a half years ago, I think. Mark Graham joining me here on the show. You can uh, check out the cooker if you want while you're listening here. Go to mygrilla.com. That's the website. Uh, So, Mark, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the Gorilla, what makes it stand out from some of the other cookers on the market. And is there a particular, like, niche or market that you're looking to target with this product? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, The Grill, as I stated before, is uh, we wanted to have something extremely unique. And uh, and to do that, we had to make a decision, first of all. Do we want to go with a price point product where we're going to compete with and without saying any names, but some of the other uh, cheaper units, and I say that in price-wise, not necessarily the, the, the way their makeup is, but to do that, you have to make a decision. Are we going to go overseas with it, or are we going to make it in the States? And, and manufacturing, that's a pretty big decision right from the get-go. Sure. If you want to do a price point product where you have a lower price and you get higher volume, really the only way to compete is in China. And uh, we've done that in the past with some of our automotive and some of the other stuff. Um, it's fine. But that's just not our niche. We want American-made. So then we decided, okay, we better build some quality, some unique features into this to show that this is American-made, this is high dollar. We understand that our volume is going to be lower, but we wanted something that people will wait they'll wait for, kind of like the old Harley-Davidson. They're expensive motorcycles, but you know what? They're high dollar, high quality. They're awesome looking, awesome sounding, and people would wait for them and pay the money for them. So that concept is how we kind of developed Gorilla and uh, spare no expense when we design this thing. Now, this is a pellet cooker, so you're going to need pellets. Is there a certain brand you need to use, or is everything pretty much fair game at this point? Yeah, I know some of the other manufacturers say that you have to use their pellets. I, to me, I, I think it's more of a marketing ploy. Um, pellets are pellets for the most part as far as the way they burn. Now, some of them have better flavor than others, but for us, you know, we work with Barbecue Delight pellets, which have been great for us. Um, we actually saw them on our website at mygorilla.com, and they've been really good. So we haven't had any issues, and we we just use those as our uh, primary um, recommendation. And uh, we've had great luck with them. They've been just really good. Yeah, Mark Graham joining us here on the show, sales engineer for uh, the Gorilla Cooker. We're actually going to go ahead and uh, show some pictures of the cooker here while I'm talking with you, Mark. Because uh, I do have a, a producer during the summer months, uh, better known as an intern or officially my daughter. Uh, so let me ask you this: um, We talked about price point. You know, where is it at right now, and how do you think that kind of fits in with? I mean, there, there's no doubt that pellet cookers have really seen an explosion ever since Traeger lost out on that auger patent that they had forever, and now you see a whole bunch of different pellet cookers out there. So, you know, where are we at price point, and how does that kind of fit in with some of the other manufacturers? Yeah, good question. Um, we actually, our unit, if you buy it online, is fourteen ninety five, delivered to your door um, via drop gate trailer. Um, and that is pretty much the same price that you'd buy from a local retailer, and that's what we're doing now. We're looking for new retailers to sell our product, get our name out there. We don't want to do the online thing. We'd rather have them in dealer stores where people can see them because, with this product, once people see it, they're like, wow, that thing is really cool. Um, so we're using the online right now just to get our marketing arm out there so people anywhere can buy them. Like we sold one to Naples, Florida last week. I sold one to uh, Cooking School in uh, Oregon 
Uh, last week they replaced um, another brand. All their cookers they replaced some of all gorillas. And uh, he called, he emailed me last week, and it was just amazing how much more flavor he got with the gorilla versus this, our competitor, which is great testimony from from you know that we felt. This is someone who's cooked with pellet smokers, you know, religiously. They taught classes. We bring ours in there, and instantly they see a, a better, you know, product coming out of them. So that was great for us. That was a really good deal. So what we found the price point at fourteen ninety five. There's definitely cheaper ones, and we're okay with that. At the same token, you can get these things as high as twenty five to three thousand dollars. So realistically, we're right in the middle, and we're happy with that. I think with the quality and what you're getting. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good deal. All right, Mark. So, you know, initially you make a unit, you kind of get it out to market a little bit. It's not maybe like a, like a soft opening, like restaurants. You're not really plowing it out there for the masses. So between that time and maybe where we're sitting at today, if I was going to buy it, what kind of revisions and iterations have you made to the cookers that are rolling off the line now compared to like the first couple that were off? Well, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I just now, you know, put the first one we ever made that I had in my house for about a year. I finally threw it in the dumpster. Uh, <laughs> it had done its time, and quite frankly, it functioned perfectly fine. We changed none of the motors, none of the control boards, none of the burn pots. It was more of manu- how we can make it faster and better uh, because there was a lot of welding going on. So we replaced a lot of the welding with rivets, um, and we replaced a lot of the the design with our laser center, we're able to you know, kind of sort of speak tongue and groove a lot of parts together. So the fit and function was, you know, top notch. So the assembly was a lot quicker to help get our price down. So we made probably uh, maybe two revisions. Um, my first one that I had at home was probably the first real design one. And then we made some few minor changes. And then uh, it's pretty, we're pretty happy where we're at now. And we, you're correct. We did kind of do a beta test. We fired some of these out to people like yourself and some other competition cookers and say, you know what, beat them up. Let us know what is not good. I'm more interested, and you probably know from my emails, as I told these people, is that I want to know the bad. Of course, I'd love to hear the good, but I can't make it better if I don't know the bad. And, uh, man, I really haven't heard a lot of bad, so we're pretty excited about that aspect because I really, with our if I re, kind of retrace myself here a little bit, with our pellet furnace, we probably went through five different revisions, and it was uh, it was actually a huge headache, to be honest with you. And uh, so I was fully anticipating that with this machine. That's why we took our time. And uh, right now we're uh, we're we're sending the next batch up to Powder Coat um, Thursday. Obviously, everybody's off tomorrow. And yep. uh, so we're getting, we're turning the key on it. I think we're ready to go. All right. So you know, people might think that I'm just having you on as this like this big promo thing, and I'm not going to you know give you my honest opinion. So let me make sure that I'm covering all bases here. And This is uh, an interview on the up and up. So honestly, like you've been saying, there isn't really a lot that I don't like about the cooker. I like the ease of use. I've never had a pellet cooker, so it's nice to kind of get involved with the pellet style thing, although I thought for the longest time that was like the gateway drug to everything easier. However, I haven't started doing heroin, and I still like cooking on the pellet cooker, so that's good. Uh, But uh, there's a few things that I think – and I've talked to you about them before, so this is going to be anything new, that were like probably good working concepts, but in the end, I don't know if they were, were as functional. And again, just as my opinion, so you answer however you want. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. The, the, the side tables, great idea, yep. not very functional, 
And I thought, man, it would be great if somehow you could drop these out and add extenders to get more or just take them off. I mean, do, do people – would it have been – would people have said there's no tables on it if you didn't have tables? Very good question. And it's funny. I was sending you some pictures. But we had some different concepts of trays on the side. And one of the things was pretty much exactly what you said. On the right-hand side where the controller is, we had this little bar that had two rods that you could slide out like an extender. <laughs> it wasn't a full tray, but allowed you to set a cookie sheet on there. And, you know, we found that to be very advantageous. I mean, it was very handy. Don't get me wrong. But in the ease, in the mindset of a mixed military, so just keep it simple, stupid, yep. we wanted to come out of the gate with something that's just very simple that we could add to later. And there's features that we put on there and holes that we put in specific locations. So as we, you know, add these features and different options, people will be able to adapt to them. But the main thing with the trays, to answer, I guess kind of to dial into your question, we wanted to have some type of tray. And since you brought it up, Traegers, if you look at there, it's been very successful. The only thing they ever really had was their hopper top. Yeah. So we're like, let's not get too wrapped around there. In our thought process, let's have some trays that people can use. And we wanted to stay with the fully assembled, lift the box off, plug this thing in, and you're ready to go. So to have a big monster tray with all the folding hinges and all that stuff, it just got more complicated, you know. Will we do that? Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. But to make it simple, fully assembled, ready to roll, it was the best thing that we thought we could do to make it look neat and sleek. Yeah, and I think probably the the best thing about the cooker, aside from, you know, how easy it cooks and, you know, and all that other stuff, uh, you know, between you and me, Mark, I am no handyman. So the fact that this <laughs> thing came, all I had to do was uncrate it and plug it in was freaking phenomenal. So... Uh, if that isn't like the biggest plus for this cooker, I don't know what is. Now, secondly, when we talk about smoke control in relation to how the temperature is kept, and this is something I ran into that you were able to help me out with, sure. why why not have the ability to run like a, a low smoke setting and a low temperature at the same time? Because if you set it to like 200 degrees and you don't have that smoke dial set at 8 or higher – yeah, it doesn't run, you know, at that 200 degrees. It'll run 260, 265. What's, like, how come you can't run both low? It's a good question, and you got to understand. I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of reviews, and I read a lot of views, sorry, and watched some YouTube videos, and some of these guys that are real gurus of this, that I guess I'll call them, that are really looking at this perfect temperature, people have to understand what we're trying to do is do a controlled smolder. Mm-hmm. And as you get to these lower temperatures, you're basically working with this little bit of a cold, then you put some fuel on, and then once that fuel gets to a certain point, it ignites, and then you get that little spike of heat. So to get that balance, it is a very, oh, I don't know, it's a balancing act, I guess. And without to get into some serious, complicated controls and software, you know, it, it's a balancing act that, you know, we decided that, you know, we, the controls are very similar to Traeger's, and there's like two other competitors that use the same kind of software. Um, so what we decided to do is have some P settings, which you, you're now familiar with. What those allow you to do is to extend the off time of the auger or decrease the off time of the auger in the smoke setting only, and that helps you um, have the ability to control the temperature at smoke. So obviously the lower your temperature, the more smoke you're going to get because you have this longer delay of fuel source, so you have more smoldering going on. And then the opposite is true. When you're running at 450 degrees, the fire is really never going out. Yeah. So 
your smoke is not going to be a much. It's just the nature of the beast with wood. Gotcha. Mark Graham joining us here on the show from Grilla, MyGrilla.com, the website. Right, Mark, so probably one of the most important things to get set as you are looking for success, and I guess what leads to success or relative failure in this industry is getting a solid dealer network going. How is that going for the company right now? That's exactly the stage we're in right now. This first stage, as I uh, talked about earlier, was more of a kind of a, I guess you could use beta testing. Let's get them out to some people, let them try them out, beat them out. Now that we're comfortable with that, we're ramping up our production, um, and our, our inventory is uh, very limited at this point because as soon as we make them, we're selling them, which is a good problem. However, you know, I haven't been doing a lot of driving like I've done in the past and setting up dealers because I wanted to wait till this thing was perfect, as good as, as close as we could anyway, before we go out and set up this huge dealer, dealer network and get 500 units out there and decide, uh-oh. Uh, we need to do a software change or do something. So timing was critical. And probably as of last month, I sat down with the owner. I said, you know what? I emailed all the people who had these units. I said, what's your bottom line? What do you think? What improvements do we need to make? And I was pleasantly surprised there was very few. The biggest concern that everybody had, which I'm okay with, is the size of it. They're like, well, you know, it could be bigger. Well, it can, know, always I, bigger, you know, it can always be bigger, Mark. Absolutely. It can always be bigger. Always can be bigger. Yeah. Absolutely. But just keep it the price point that we were at and to keep it being fully assembled. We're, again, we're okay that we put the extra money in the design and something that looks really stinking cool sitting on your deck. If they want square inches for, per dollar, I can make a big square barrel and put a lid on it and call it good. But that's not what we're about. Mark Graham joining me here on the show. Uh, Mark, before I let you go, any like additional plans for more different types of gorilla models at some point, or are we just looking to build this one out first and not even looking at that? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, the one thing I'd like to do is just go through and see what else we can do to improve the assembly and uh, try to drive some cost out of this at some point. And, of course, with manufacturing, as we get some more volume, we can get our costs down. So that would be the first thing. Let's make sure this thing is, is solid. Um, we have plans, of course, to make a bigger one, but, you know, we just still want to get the cart ahead of the horse here, and uh, so, and we're okay with that. You know, being a diversified company, we don't need to get 10,000 out there to be profitable. If we can make, get our name, which is key in business, to get a good, solid name and a yeah. good, solid product, people will wait and wait for you to come out with the next big, big thing. You don't need to come out of the gate running wide open and try to see the flood the market with a product. No doubt. Mark Graham joining so, us here, so... Um, we'll just wait and see how this one pans out, and if it becomes or, or the market dictates that Gorilla come out with something else, that's something you'll probably take a look at at that point. Absolutely. I mean, we're definitely ready to turn a key on, you know, a next next model. We just came out with a big half-page ad in the Hearth and Home magazine, this, this issue that's coming out right now. So we're really kicking off our marketing program and looking forward to setting up some dealers and getting this thing going and getting our name out there and, uh, you know, once you get your name out there and you get some recognition, then then we can get the ball rolling and then we can start, uh, you know, then we can feel we have a grasp on this industry, which is obviously new to us. There you go. So we're pretty excited about it. Mark Graham is the sales engineer for Gorilla, which is uh, part of Fahrenheit Technologies. You can find out more about it, mygorilla.com. Mark, always appreciate the time and, and talking with you. Thanks for coming on tonight and uh, continued success with the cooker. 
I appreciate it. Sorry about the phone issue. We're anchored out in uh, Lake Michigan right now, getting ready to rock some fireworks, and uh, so I was a little worried about my soul service, so I apologize for the little issue we had there, but um, definitely appreciate the opportunity, uh, Greg, and I uh, appreciate uh, your comments. Yeah, you got it. Enjoy it. posted on anything that you hear about the industry or any improvements or any ideas you have. We definitely look forward to hearing those. Yeah, you know I'll uh, be in touch. Uh, so enjoy your fourth, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks a lot. All right, take care. There he is, Mark. Bye-bye. Graham from Gorilla. There we go. MyGorilla.com. Let's do the break time thing so we can get to our next guest, if you don't mind, Sir Bobby. I'm sorry, Madam Bobby. I love that cooker. Sorry. Uh, No, I'm not sorry. Uh, Let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest sponsor of the show. Maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. This is going to be something that you want to look at, want to going to. Okay, tomorrow I'll be starting English remedial lessons. Um, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, then stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy it from anybody else? Of course, I'm talking about the barbecue guru. Now, here's what the deal is. You set the pit temperature, and once it's set, it keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real-life technology. You can take advantage of it right now. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids doing errands. And quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork bud, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. There's currently five different models to choose from. We know there's one phasing out. That would be the Procom 4 Wireless. That'll be taken over by the CyberQ Wi-Fi, which I saw one down in the Canton, Ohio Sam's Club event. The Procom 4 roams up to 600 feet away if you can still get one. There's also the CyberQ2, the DigiQ DX2, a lot of twos. And, of course, that PartyQ, and at $129 for most cookers, the PartyQ is the easiest point of entry into the pit temperature control device industry. It's $139 for the ceramic-style cookers. It's a self-contained package. It runs on AA batteries. You can take it wherever you want. It mounts right onto those cookers, and it will sit there and keep your pit temperature exactly where you want it. Now, maybe you're in the market for a cooker. You look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country. It's fully insulated. It holds a lot of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service, and it works seamlessly with any barbecue pit temperature device, and you know that. So here's what you need to do. You do yourself your number one favor of the day. You head on over to thebbqguru.com. And you check out the products, and if you have any questions about what to order, you call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box, 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com, the barbecue guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Gang, when you're wrong, you got to own it. I'm going to do it next segment. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877 448 to get on the air. 
Sometimes I make mistakes, and uh, when I'm doing the show, 99% of the time I get away with it. I keep moving, and no one else is any of the wiser. However, that was not the case last week. In the open last week, I was covering a few items, one of which was the great Lenexa barbecue battle. I mentioned the number of teams I thought I had written the name of the winner down to mention, but indeed I had not. Instead, I threw up Pellet Envy's name because it was one of the teams I remembered, and I just kind of kept moving. Well, the next day I got an email from Smoker's Purgatory calling me out on it, but in a good way. Look, when you're right, you're right, and I wanted to make sure that I made it up to them, so let's race over to the hotline. We grabbed the pit master of Smoker's Purgatory, Doug Caston, joining me here on the show. Doug, how are you, buddy? Doug. Doug, I can see you, but I can't hear you. Are you uh, are you on mute? Can you hear me? Oh, there's a horrific white noise going on. Let me, uh, I'm going to drop you. We're going to call you right back. Go ahead, drop and call right back. There we go. Technical difficulties. Here's what I'm wondering. Two weeks ago on Facebook, I posted. Oh. Is that better? Uh, kind of sounds like you're in the middle of a rainstorm. Wow. Sitting inside the house. Huh? Yeah. Uh, something's uh, something's off there with the audio for some reason. Let's see. I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's just go ahead and do a phoner. We're good. All right. I'll call you right back on the phone. Here we go. Things that happen. I knew that we possibly could run into that with him. All right, Bobby. Hit uh, Benny Hill real quick. I'm going to hide behind the microphone so somebody can see my lips this time. Everybody makes makes everybody feel better. All right, go ahead and uh, stop that. It's outrageous. Talking about Don. Hi guys, so funny. Doug, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, Doug. Is it uh, is it Caston or Caston? I don't want to say it wrong. Yeah, it's Caston. Caston. Right. All right, just like we're uh, doing fish type stuff. Probably never heard that before. Right. right? No. <laughs> of course not, uh, Doug. For the people that aren't familiar with the team, when did you form? When did you start competing? What what bug bit you and we- when? Yeah, we, we started, well, I was actually a friend of ours, started, I uh, had a team going together, uh, cooking well, next was the first one they ever took. Uh, it was about 14 or 15 years ago we figured out, and they let me come down and start hanging around with them, Frank Lichtenauer and so forth, and uh, had a good time. They slowly let me get on and start cooking, and we just uh, proceeded from there. All right, so... How did you come up with the name Smoker's Purgatory? I'm endlessly fascinated with any of the barbecue team names, regardless of sanctioning body. Uh, body. Smoker, Smoker's Purgatory is uh, kind of right up there recently. Where does that name come from? 
Uh, Smokersburg, we, we had had a couple different names just from uh, uh, companies we were working for were sponsoring the, uh, the cook when we did them, and we decided we needed a new name. And it was at a period of time when Iowa was changing their smoking laws, and they could smoke, and then they repealed it, and, and they couldn't smoke inside. And uh, they went and interviewed a guy standing outside of a bar, freezing cold weather, and he says, uh, you know, first we smoke, then we can't. Meanwhile, us guys are all out here stuck in smokers' purgatory. <laughs> and so we kind of thought that stuck. Yeah, I mean, and it fits perfectly with what you guys are doing with barbecue. A lot of people refer to that as smoking. So, you know, why not uh, slam that down as a team name, right? Oh, right. Smokers, and we hadn't won anything at the time, obviously. So we were kind of stuck there in the middle of the pack and our incredibly average food we cook. <laughs> All right, so that's funny that you make that. And we're talking with uh, Doug Caston from Smokers Purgatory. They won the Great Lenexa barbecue battle a couple weeks ago. You know, you'd mentioned through emails when we were talking that you're a better drinker than a pit master. Obviously, a little tongue-in-cheek there, but, you know, how many events do you guys take part in each year, or do you just do uh, Lenexa? Oh, we, we've been ramping it up. Uh, I, I suppose the last four years we've done more. We did probably six of them four years ago, uh, and then we went to eight. I think we had 11 of them last year, and we should be around 14 or 15 this year. And are you staying around the general vicinity, you know, like a 8-, 10-, 12-hour run, or are you going multi-state? What's the deal? Uh, no, kind of, kind of here in the Midwest. Uh, half the guys are down there in Kansas City, and uh, the other couple are up here in Des Moines. So, Whatever's closest uh, certainly helps us out. All right, so are you? Uh, you're one of the guys based out of uh, uh, Iowa, then. Uh, out of Iowa, right? Wow. So I mean, maybe you would know what the hell is in the water in Iowa. I mean, prolific competitors coming out of uh, yep. Iowa that I have never even heard of. You look over the last couple of years, you have Iowa Smoky D's, you have Tippy Canoe, you guys winning Lenexa, you have Big Mo Quezon, you have you know any number of teams that are coming out of Iowa all of a sudden. What is going on out there? Iowa's rocking the barbecue world, that's for sure. we got all good pork <laughs> up here and so forth. So, yeah, it's, it's, everyone's doing well up here. Now, have you, how many times have you done Lenexa in the past? Uh, like I say, one actually we probably started 15 years ago, oh, okay. well, and uh, we were a lot more uh, uh, interested in how our party went when we invited customers buying stuff, and we slowly started taking the cooking a little more serious. So when you have 15 under your belt, let's say this makes 16, what was your best finish to date prior to two weeks ago? Uh, prior to two weeks ago, we've gotten uh, two-fourths and a fifth in the overall yet this year. But uh, prior to that, the years prior, we maybe got, you know, one top ten call in the overall. But uh, we, we started cooking a lot better, uh, turning in better food, but couldn't get all four of them to hit at the same time. So we, we got quite a few calls, but just in the overall, we didn't do well. Doug Caston joining me here on the show, Pitmaster of Smokers Purgatory. They won the uh, Great Lenexa Barbecue Cook-Off a couple weeks ago. Uh, Doug, with so many teams in the hunt for this particular competition, in some ways, do you feel like your odds are somehow better than if you were in a field of, let's say, 25 or 30, or does it not matter? Well, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, like, like you mentioned, Iowa, was we uh, we felt pretty lucky getting away from uh, all the boys up here in Iowa and Iowa Smokey D's and uh, Big T's and, and Tippy Canoe and uh, Lucky's Q and all those boys. Yeah, they've been beating us pretty bad. So... What's the mindset going into this? 
just like it was before. We're just going to go in. We're going to try our best, but we're going to be having fun. Or at any point, do you go into Lenexa thinking this is the year we're just going to take the sun bitch? Oh no, 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 no way! Not from us. We're not <laughs> uh, not quite that good. But uh, we did get 12th place last year, and uh, we're getting better at turning in good food. And whether it hits or not, we don't know. But uh, yeah, we wanted to turn in four good meats, and and we did that. Uh, turned in meat that we thought was just as well. Uh, three weeks prior to that and just got hammered on scores but uh we were happy going in uh i just got one call out of the thing so the uh overall was a big surprise to us did did the cook itself go pretty well i mean according to plan anything out of the ordinary that came up you had to deal with uh no cook and everything real well real well uh um, our uh, cook pat slept through one of his turns tending fire but <laughs> we don't hold that against him that's typical for him. <laughs> yeah, you got to know what you're getting into with the teammates, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a wild bunch. All right, so you look at the turn-ins, uh, and you said you got one call, but look, when you had 184 teams or whatever it was, so I mean, uh, a huge amount of teams going in there. You get a 20 plate overall in chicken, so it sounds, I guess, not great. But when you look at 180 teams, that's a fabulous chicken turn-in score. You get a 15th in ribs, so you're probably just out of a call. You get the call in pork, which is fifth overall. And then you get 11th in brisket, so you were just you know one spot away from getting your second call there. You win by almost eight points when it's all tallied up. Kind of a, a dominating performance for competition barbecue. So when you got that call in pork, did you think at all that you had any shot of winning the deal or just too many teams to keep track of to even think about that? No, we, we were just uh, real shocked at pork. That's that's actually our first call in pork this year. So uh, just it, it, it was a, a, a big surprise once they started getting through there and they got through the top ten, five of the overall, and, and I was ready to pick up my chair and leave. But uh, <laughs> thought we'd sit through and see who was going to win it. So I'm I'm glad we all stayed seated. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, they they get through all the calls, they get to reserve grand, and you don't hear your name. I can't imagine as we're talking here now and from what I'm you know listening to you say that your next thought was like, Man, we just won this bitch. Yeah, no, not 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 at all. <laughs> all right, so when the name is called, hundred and eighty four teams or hundred and eighty teams or whatever it is, you've been there for fifteen years, uh you finished pretty well uh, overall a handful of times. I mean, what kind of feelings are rushing over you and the team when Smokers Purgatory is called overall Grand Champ? Yeah, we we were we were just shocked, and and uh, I I see that there was a few guys running around with video cameras. I'm sure it'll come out later, but yeah, we were acting just like a bunch of little kids hugging each other and high fives, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I uh, I can say I honestly didn't think I cared that didn't think I cared that much, but yeah, when they called us, it was a big joy. All right, Doug Caston joining me here on the show. Uh, we're kind of reliving uh, Lenexa one last time here. You're probably going to be reliving it for quite a while, but at least here on the show, why not uh, talk about it? So yeah, exactly. how, how long does that hangover last for that weekend? I mean, are you still riding the high on it? Uh, have you put it behind you yet? I mean, that's a, that is really one of the big competitions to win during the course of a barbecue season. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's every day you talk to somebody that, uh, that that didn't know about it, didn't didn't follow the finishes, and then hear that you finally won one after uh, we talked to them so long and we're watching. I guess that qualified us for the World Food Championship. Yep. Still has information coming out, and uh, we uh, get to cook the Invitational for the first time, obviously. Uh, awful excited. 
So, you know, looking, I mean, that's, you know, a couple months away. I mean, is that something that you are very excited to take part in? I mean, this is really, and there's arguments all around as far as Invitational and Jack Daniels and all that stuff. Would you like to go to the Jack? Would you like to win the invitation? Well, let me rephrase that question because I ask this to everybody when I have them on. If you could win, you've won Lenexa, so you know, notch that one up in the belt. But if you could win the American Royal Invitational or the Jack Daniels, which one would you pick? And don't say oh, both. I, I suppose it, it, probably the Royal because you'd have a few more friends around there. But uh, that's not <laughs> certainly not taken away from the Jack. We want we want to go and partake in that sometimes. All right. Uh, so, Doug, where are you going to be competing at next? Uh, we're in Waterloo, Iowa next. All right. So uh, probably another bevy of Iowa teams that you're going to be having to fend off. But maybe uh, you might be coming in with a little bit of bullseye after winning Lenexa. What do you think? Well, we hope so. We, we'll, we'll take luck over uh, skill any day. <laughs> there you go. Doug Kasten joining me here on the show. He is the pitmaster of Smokers Purgatory, and they won the uh, Lenexa barbecue battle a couple weeks ago. Doug, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on the show. Greg, thanks for having us on. You got it. There he is, Doug Caston, ladies and gentlemen. Smokers Purgatory, huge win. Oh, my God. I mean, 184 teams. I can't even begin to imagine. the. I can't even imagine like going through the award ceremony with that many people. Even if you get one call and you're not called, that's like the prototypical. My turn-ins. I mean, look, listen to these turn-ins. There's no way in any other – there's no way uh, that he shouldn't have probably thought that he was going to be getting the win here, except they're not called if you're out of the top 10. A 20th in chicken out of 180-plus teams, a 15th in ribs out of 180-plus teams. Then he got the call in pork, which was fifth overall. Then 11th in brisket, so he just missed his second call by one place. So, again, he won by almost eight points, which is a veritable runaway out of a team that also had the Slabs.com finishing third overall, and uh, Pellet Envy was in there somewhere else. I didn't recognize a lot of the other teams, no offense. And here's what I like. It wasn't Doug that sent me the email, but it was, uh, oh, crap, I'm going to forget his name. Now I'm going to get another email from this guy tomorrow. I think it was, like, Patrick or whatever, but it was somebody that was on the team. And he said, hey, we're just listening to the show. You know, why'd you throw out Rod's name? We won this thing, blah, blah, blah. He did it in a very good-natured way. And I thought, you know what? He's right, man. I should have had the name down there, and I didn't do it. So why not put him up and recap? Because really, when you think about it, one of the biggest events and really one of the most tradition-rich events that competition cooks want to win each and every year. So uh, congratulations to Doug and the boys over at Smoker's Purgatory. All right. Bobby, hit it. Now, as many of you know, and I just talked to this guy a little bit ago, I've gotten my mitts on the grill of pellet cooker. So it's a pellet cooker. And I have to cook with pellets. So what do you do? I know what I thought of. Barbecuers delight wood pellets. Why? Because they're widely considered to be the pellet resource for your pellet-fired cookers. That's right. Whether on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuers delight wood pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality and flavor. And you should give them a try as well, and you can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas grill or your charcoal grill or cooker smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. You buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, you load one-third cup into the pot, and then place it in your cooker or grill. And then you let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellets. Let me give you a little insight here. When pellets are made... 
all the air within that cellular structure of the wood is evacuated, concentrating the wood into a very dense form, a lot more dense than natural trees. When you compare it to other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield a more intense smoke more quickly, giving you exactly that smoke flavor you need when you need it. Now, here's something to remember. When you're buying barbecues or light pellets, the one-pound bag are 100% flavor wood. But if you have a pellet cooker like me or a lot of the other folks out there, it's a little different. Candy and the folks at Barbecuers Delight have determined that a blend of two-thirds oak, one-third fruit wood is the way to go to ensure great smoke flavor but consistent BTU temperatures as well. So do yourself a favor. Go grab some Barbecuers Delight right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com and check out all of the flavors they have and stop fussing with the sticks in the chunks. Barbecuers Delight, the choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks like me bbqrsdelight.com. All right, we're going to move to the second hour. You are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shake I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole lot of movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, we are into the second hour. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. I'm going to call you. People telling me who who's going to call who. It's my show. Bobby, get better at the sound effects. That deserved a sound effect. All right, Survey Tuesday question. Thank you. Here we go. Question number one. Are you happy with the winner of Barbecue Pitman? Question number two. What team would you like to see on the show next year? Now, remember, this show has been picked up for a season four, so you have the ability to weigh in if you want on what team you would like to see. It's not a revelation. And question number three, what cut of pork is your favorite? All right, uh, so question number one for me, are you happy with the winner of Barbecue Pitmasters? I think everybody's a winner. I didn't get to see it, so I don't know if anybody technically got hosed. Uh, I heard rumors that some people thought that the show was fixed for certain people and that certain people didn't win, so I guess it's not fixed. Um, yeah, I'd have no problem seeing Johnny Trigg win that show. That's fine with me. 
what team would I like to see on the show next year? I would like. This is going to sound so Homer of me, but it's two. Uh, it's two teams, uh, and they. I bo- I met them both again. Uh, well, one for the second time, one for the first time this past weekend. I'm not just saying this, uh, but the guys at Velvet Smoke have great personalities, and they can cook really good. Great personalities. I think they would lend a lot of insight to what they're cooking and all that other stuff, but they would make for for good television. And also, number two is the current KCBS team of the year, Robert McGee, Munch and Hogs at the Hilton and his team. His teammates are phenomenal. Uh, Sean was a laugh riot, which I believe is uh, Rob's right-hand man, and Robert is charisma over the top. Has anybody ever met uh, Rob McGee, Munch and Hogs at the Hilton? This guy is funny charismatic, and he can cook his ass off. Obviously, he must he either doesn't want to do the show, which I can certainly agree with, uh, or he just doesn't have the time or whatever. But this guy could run away and hide, no doubt about it. So that's a team that or, or two that I wouldn't mind seeing. Also, uh, okay, so here we go. Um, QOW people would like to see on. I agree with that. Um Paul Huff is answering no, then Bacon is his favorite. Oh, sorry. Paul Huff, not satisfied with the winner, would like to see QOW and likes Bacon as his favorite cut of pork, of course. Uh, Randy Hill is saying yes, he's happy with it. Randy Hill was part of that show. Would like to see Big Mista on the show and Ribs is his favorite. Uh, Chris Zordel weighing in, happy with the winner. Would like to see Butcher's Barbecue. I agree with that one as well. I think Dave could bring a huge, vast knowledge. He could be a teacher on that show for sure. And he is very charismatic on this show, obviously. He has takes, and they do not suck, as Jim Rome would say. And uh, Bacon, again, wins for the favorite cut of pork. Um, let's see. Make sure I'm not losing anybody here. Uh, Patrick is saying no. Chris Hart got robbed, but I believe you're homering for the New England guy, but that's just me. Uh, Johnny is back in his S up right now. The basic barbecue team he would like to see on. Do you know anybody on the basic barbecue team, Patrick? Never heard of him. Boston Butt, his favorite cut of pork. Don G weighing in. Yes, he's happy with the winner. Smoking to eye barbecue he would like to see on Pitmasters for next season. And again, another bacon. Are you kidding me? What is going on? Uh, my favorite cut of pork, by the way, well, you know, bacon is nice. I am in love, in dire love with pork tenderloin. I love it. I could eat it every day of the week. You can add all different kinds of flavor profiles to it. It's got a wonderful mouthfeel when it's cooked right. There's nothing I don't like about it. All right, quick programming note as you continue to weigh in on what you want. For pitmasters, for teams of next season, for are you happy with the winner and uh, what your favorite cut of pork is? Uh, Fred Gross weighing in, yes, happy with the winner. Would like to also see Big Mista on uh, season four and likes the uh, pork leg. Never had a leg, Fred. Never had a leg. Coming up on next week's show, as I mentioned earlier, Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills. You'll notice they're prime police of real estate right here. For the people on the audio side, you, you don't see what I'm pointing to, from Green Mountain Grills. Also, very excited about this interview that I already have slated for next week, Rocky Stubbafield from Stubbs Barbecue Sauce. I don't buy a lot of store sauces, mass market sauces. I buy Stubbs sauce. 
Stub sauce is my secret weapon and my barbecue beans. So very excited to talk to Rubby. Uh, Rubby. Hello, Rocky, about the company. His, I believe it was his, either his grandfather or great-grandfather started this company. So we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, be able to get with him on that. All right, let me see. Gang, uh, take this with me, if you will. This is Are We Barbecue Pitmasters? Trying to figure out if there's a way I'm going to be able to do this and also talk to you guys at the same time. Uh, let me do this. Boom. Take that one out. All right, here we go. Gang, we're going to take this together, and evidently it's timed, so be quick on the answers. Uh, number one, where did the term barbecue come from? Question number one, the word barbacoa from the Taino language from Arwakan, Indians in the West Indies, the Romanian word berbic, the French term, bar- well, it's never French, that's wrong. All of the above. I'm going to go with answer A. Randy, it's not French. Nothing good came out of French except for bread. All right, I'm going with answer number one. Uh, Question number two. What percentage of Americans own a grill? Option one, 75%. That's low. Question number two, uh, option number two, 98%. I think that's high. Uh, Option three, 82%. That's the one that I like. Uh, And then 57%. I'm going to go with 82. What does everybody else think? 125%, 125%, Randy Hill. More, more than 100% of people. 82, 97. I'm going to go with 82. Don G also is with 82. National Barbecue Month is, uh, that is uh, May. I know that for a fact. Where is the barbecue capital of the world? Oh, boy. Lexington, North Carolina. Memphis, Tennessee. Kansas City, Missouri. Or Lockhart, Texas. Now, I believe that Memphis actually introduced legislation saying that they were the barbecue capital of the world. So I'm going to go with Memphis. All right, question number five. What is the most uh, – is that Andy Husbands? Who? I, I I can't answer that. What is the most popular food for barbecuing, burgers, hot dogs, steak, or chicken? Uh, I'm going to go with burgers, right? It's got to be burgers. Question number six, which state considers pork the official and only meat worthy of barbecue? That's North and South Carolina. Absolutely. Anybody else want to back me up on that before I go to the next one? Yeah, okay. And question number seven, who invented the charcoal briquette? Henry Ford. Ellsworth, Zwoyer, Thomas Edison, E.J. Kingsford. I happen to know for a fact it's uh, Ellsworth, Zwoyer. It's not Ford. Ford mass-produced. It's uh, Ellsworth. Question number eight. Which president popularized the tradition of barbecuing at the White House? That is going to be... Oh, what was... Jimmy Carter was from the South. Thomas Jefferson is an option. Lyndon Johnson, Ronald Reagan are the four options. Thomas Jefferson, Jimmy Carter, Lyndon Johnson, Ronald Reagan. And I want to say Jimmy Carter. God, I hate to say that. He's the worst president ever. Um, all right. I'm going to go with Carter. I hate to say it. There is no difference between barbecuing and grilling. True or false? That, of course, is False. Question number 10, what is the most popular flavor of store-bought barbecue sauce? Mesquite, hickory, 
honey or spicy hot? It's got to be hickory, right? Got to be hickory? Yeah, all right. All right, so let's see how we did, guys. Bobby, drum roll. Uh, we got eight of ten right. Question number one, barbecue was correct. Question number two, what percentage of Americans own grills? 82% was right. Uh, what is the barbecue capital of the world? Uh, the answer was question D, all of the above. Come on, are you kidding me? Uh, most popular food for barbecuing was burgers. Uh, North and South Carolina was pork. Ellsworth invented the charcoal briquette. Lyndon Johnson popularized barbecue. Got that one wrong. Uh, no difference between barbecue and grilling is false, and hickory is the most popular flavor of sauce. So there we go. Are you the barbecue pit master? I got eight out of ten. I think I kind of got tricked. I don't want to say that. All right. Folks, I didn't want to get into this, but then there's this. Bobby, turn down your headphones. You don't need to hear this. A North Carolina woman was arrested for squeezing a man's testicles out of his scrotum. 35-year-old Joyce Gregory, not related to me, that's my first name, was arrested and charged with malicious castration. You can use sound effects if you want. After squeezing a 59-year-old man's scrotum to the point that his testicles popped out. Oh, my God. The two were allegedly arguing at the man's apartment in Shelby, North Carolina, the poor capital, by the way, over the weekend. And when the man ran outside to call 911, Joyce Gregory clamped down with the five fingers of death. Police report that the man's scrotum was split open and say they saw blood on the floor of the porch and the siding of the residence. Still, a urologist was able to stitch the wound and said there will be no long-term damage. Gregory was not done showing out as she reportedly took off her pants and peed in the back of a police car. It's probably not the way you want to endear yourself to the authorities, darling. Just my thought. So if you know Joyce Gregory and you're arguing with her, hopefully you're wearing your protection because evidently those fingers can rip open your scrotum at a moment's notice. Watch out. All right, Bob, let's get out, and then we're going to uh, join Andy Husbands here in just a second. Uh, a public service announcement from my guy, the jeweler of all jewelers, Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Look, you know we can sit here and talk about a number of things, the watches, the diamond earrings, the uh, Camille bracelets, which women are very taken with these days, kind of like Pandora, just a different brand. You can do a number of things with Stephen DeFranco that you're not going to be able to do with any other jeweler. Why? Because he is in it for us. We know a guy in the industry. Here's what you do. You go to stephendefranco.com. You look at his inventory, and then you call him. Go ahead and pick that up and just uh, keep the volume down. That's probably the guest. So here's what you do. You call him, and then you go ahead and... uh, Lob him a phone call, 440-943-2700, 440-943-2700. You say, hey, Steve, I was looking at these uh, watches or I was looking at this ring for my girlfriend or wife or these necklaces or whatever the case may be. I'm a barbecue brother. I listen to the Barbecue Central radio show all the time, and I want to do this. I want to get the discount. And then let him hook you up with a big, fat discount. I mean, you don't want to save money when you're buying jewelry? Is that what I'm getting from you? 
you don't want to know somebody in the industry? How many times have you shied away from buying a ring or earrings or a watch for yourself or a lover or whatever the case may be because you didn't want to pay full retail price? Guess what? You don't have to now. You call 440-943-2700. And you visit the website, stephendefranco.com, and you do all your shopping there. He is our guy in the industry. We know somebody there. I buy all of my stuff from him. Reputable, free shipping all the time. When you buy the watches, you get that free watch care plan. It's batteries for life, free engraving, free polishing, all of that great stuff. It's absolutely wonderful. CD magician. Watch flames fly out of my hand. Now I cross them. 440-943-5. Use your imagination. 440-943-2700 or com. Hook yourself up. Tell me your barbecue brother and reap the rewards. When we come back, a reality TV show darling and a cookbook offer. Who am I talking about? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. Uh, my first guest in the second hour, an award-winning chef slash owner of two of Boston's hottest restaurants, Tremont 647 and Sister Sorel. Hopefully I said that right. He's also part of the very successful IQ barbecue team, which has made it down to the Jack Daniels event like 748 times in a row. He started his culinary career with an after-school baking job when he was 14. He's never looked back. Let's race over to the hotline as we welcome back to the show, friend of the show, Andy Husbands. Joining me. Andy, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Andy. Appreciate you making time for the show, as always. You know, just a little history for the folks uh, is, how, I guess, how I came to know you. You know, one of my favorite TV shows is Hell's Kitchen, but not necessarily to see the cooking. I just like to see <laughs> Gordon Ramsay getting off on all these people during the course of an hour show. Uh, you were on that show, I guess, what seems like a lifetime ago, and I became fascinated with how you were always put up for elimination and how they were showing you to do this or that, and it seemed completely lost in a lot of ways, and I kept saying to myself, this guy's a chef. There's no way that this is the real deal. So I got in touch with you. You came on the show. We talked about it, cleared all that stuff up, and I became an even bigger fan of yours. So let me ask you this. It's on this season, and I actually am ashamed to say I haven't watched even episode number one of the fresh uh, season that's on right now. But if they came back to Andy Husbands and said, you know, we want you back on the show for like an all-star or a, a favorite cast member or whatever, just wanted you back on the show in general, would you go back to Hell's Kitchen or is that past you now? As a, as a competitor, um, I'd probably ask them how much. Um, not necessarily interested in uh, in doing that again. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, Hell's Kitchen's not about food. It's about torture and um, intensity. So when you did it, I mean, it's not like you probably never saw the show before and like you blindly won, or maybe that was the case. But did I mean did it help you get over the hump in some ways, or, or did you really not reap any rewards from it that were like ongoing or any residual awards? Well, you, I mean, your career is kind of based of all your experiences. So for me, it made it made a lot of sense, and it brought tons of new people to my restaurant. Um, 
that I was going to be good with or without Hell's Kitchen. It was, for me, more of an experience, and I love experiences. All right, Andy Husband joining me here on the show. Andy, have you always been interested in barbecue? Is it something that you grew up with growing up as a kid, or is it something that you were either you know, taught or got around later in life? Um, later in life, I actually worked for Chris Lessinger at the East Coast Grill um, in 1990, 91, and I kind of learned barbecue from him. I, I had never really understood what barbecue is about. Not until 1996 uh, when Chris Hart and I formed IQ did I really get the competitive barbecue. But, um, you know, I got a passion right around the 1990s, early 90s. Yes, and I guess for the people that don't know, Chris Lasinger, uh, you know, owns top restaurants out there in the Massachusetts area as well, just like you do. Uh, he has written a number of books on uh, grilling and barbecue specifically and, you know, widely considered to be one of the, the top shelves in regards to, you know, grilling. I mean, what's it like to work with a guy like that who is well-respected, who obviously knows his way around the grill? Uh, I've had him on the show a bunch of different times and, you know, probably one of the few restaurants that is actually cooking over like live fire, actual burning logs and all that stuff that a lot of restaurants don't even get mixed up in. What kind of a learning curve and, and what type of things did you learn from him that have helped transition you over into what you're doing now? Well, one of the few restaurants, uh, except for us, mine, which we also cook over wood fire. Um, he, um, you know, he pushed me, you know, um, it's very interesting. Growing up, a, uh, as he would say, an, an Anglo or white cook, you know, we didn't always know big flavors. And he's like, said, like, listen to like, um, you know, the, the flavors that come out of South America, the flavors that come out of, you know, even Southern America. Like, he really pushed me to understand what big flavors meant. And that doesn't necessarily mean spicy, but just really well-developed flavors. So I, I learned so much from him about flavor in general. Is this somebody that you know you're talking to on a regular basis, or you get back and see him every once in a while? What's the relationship with you guys right now? Uh, he's he, I mean he's my mentor. So anytime I have any issue or questions, um, you know we get together and we talk. You know he, he's he's a guy that's been there for me, you know throughout my life, and you know the thrill of the grill, which is his first cookbook and, yep. and sold more than anything. It, it, it's it's my bible. I mean I read that all the time. Andy Husband joining me here on the show. Uh, you can check him out a couple different places. Uh, he's got the website, Tremont647.com. That's Tremont and then the numbers, 647.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Andy Husbands. And then, of course, you got the uh, Sister Sorrell restaurant. Uh, in addition to Tremont, little rest or little menu, you know, fair flavor of the two restaurants before we get into uh, the barbecue stuff, Andy. Um, at my restaurant, you know, we do a world cuisine. So I have uh, traveled Southeast Asia extensively, and I love that food. Um, I was in China, so I do, I'll do some Chinese food. Southern America, you know, we have a really great gumbo on the menu right now. So really kind of we use a lot of what I like to say food from here, flavors from there. You know, I guess what I find really interesting about restaurants, especially the higher echelon restaurants, I'm not talking like Eaton Park and some of the other shitty chains, when you look at somebody like yours or somebody like Chris, you know, you go and you visit these places and then you decide that maybe something you've tasted down there, something you want to transition back up to the Tremont 647 restaurant or whatever the case may be or add something to the menu. How much research and development and trials go on in the back kitchen before somebody even sees them get on the menu? It can take anywhere from 30 minutes to 30 days. It really depends on what we're trying to develop. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Right now, we've really been working on blueberry pies. 
and I have a new pastry chef, and she's been working hard to develop a good pie. And we're kind of working on the crust, working on the flavors. <clears throat> really want to be special and not, not just any old blueberry pie. And this one's probably going to take 30 days. Sometimes it's just going to happen very quickly. When we have tomatoes in season, we're going to use them and use them very fresh and very simply. Andy Husband joining me here on the show. So let's transition a little bit into the barbecue thing. You said you uh, started IQ with Chris Hart in 1996, so we're looking at you know roughly six, seven years now where you guys are together doing this competition barbecue thing. How do you meet Chris Hart? Uh, and, I mean, why do you like him? I mean, he's he's a weirdo. <laughs> you know how you meet him? You no. sit behind him in a homeroom in high school, <laughs> and you know Hart and husband, same homeroom, and. Um, you know, we, we love, we've always loved good food, and we've definitely always loved drinking good beer. And in high school, more maybe more beer than good food, but um, we've got a great relationship. We challenge each other, we kind of taunt each other, and we push each other to do better and better. All right, so, I mean, did you guys diverge at a point where, you know, you, you took the cooking stuff, and he wasn't necessarily into that, and barbecue brought you back together, or... Did you guys always have like a master plan of starting a, a competition team even back in high school homeroom? No, actually, um, we actually opened Tremont 647 together in 1996. Uh, best friends. Um, and we decided to open this restaurant together. And then um, he decided to kind of go a different path and work in the tech area. Yet he became this fierce barbecue competitor. I mean, I'm actually, if you saw us on Barbecue Pitmasters, I'm really more just his, his guy. Like, I'm a sous chef. I just... Help him get to be the best he can. He's really in our team. He is the man. Yeah, I was going to ask you. You know, if you if you guys have like designated roles on the team, but you know, you're saying a sous chef. There's another term in the barbecue industry that we want to embarrass you with. So, I mean, what do you <laughs> like about Chris's style? Um, and I guess how do you? Because I guess you've worked together in you know a more professional setting. So when you're off out in a field somewhere or in a in a parking lot or whatever. You know, how are you able to work so well with each other? Is he telling you, let's do this, let's do that? Is it one of those things where you're seeing him work and you know, okay, well, I should be doing this now or I should be doing that now? And uh, let, me, let, me ask you, let me have you answer that first before I ask you the next question. You know, it, it's a fine dance. And you're really, you fall, you know, for, for in this case, I'm following his lead. So I know that um, when he's kind of making a move toward doing the pork, then, you know, I've got certain obligations, certain things that he needs that I've got to help him with. I mean, we've learned to work together in so many different capacities. You know, we're kind of like uh, brothers, you know, brawling brothers. We really, and, and when, when, when we're in the barbecue setting, you know, he's in charge. So I'm kind of just following his lead. All right. Andy Husband's joining me here on the show. You can find him um, at uh, Tremont647.com. It's also uh, where I just saw it. It was... Uh, is it fearlesschef.com? Fearlesschef.com. Right. Absolutely. Tremont7.com. Kitchencam.com. Absolutely. All those places. All right. So here's one of the unique things, and I asked Chris about this, and he pretty much shocked me when he said it, but I want to get your take on it as well. You know, one of the most key components when you are doing competition barbecue is building a successful flavor profile. How do you right. guys work together to come up with yeah, I mean, some type of an outline to use? Because you always hear from top pitmasters that consistency is key. But Chris has said on any number of occasions when I've talked to him that they, you guys pretty much don't even cook the same way more than once or twice. 
building a flavor profile is, is absolutely so important. It's just layers of flavors. So it's not just one consistent flavor. You know, you want things that are going to pop and shine and, and really excite the taste buds. You know, in competition, you have one bite, one bite only of that rib. So you want multitude of flavors, layers of flavors. Um, we haven't talked about it yet, but our, our cookbook, Wicked Good Barbecue, I mean, we outline exactly how we do this. All right, so let's go ahead and, and transition over to that. Wicked Good Barbecue was out uh, for a number of months now and really one of the most heralded books to come out last year to high regard, high acclaim. Tell me about the book, how it kind of all came together. You know, When was that initial pitch made? Uh, ironically, actually, the pitch was made to us. Um, we had a great, great editor, and he brought it to us, and he said, you know, I know a lot of guys are doing barbecue books, but I want – a real barbecue book with really quality stuff. And in so many of those books, and I, and, I, and I love a lot of those authors, they're my, my idols, but they make barbecue made easy. And what we wanted to do was make barbecue made right. And our rib recipe or our brisket recipe, which is 2,000 words, it's daunting. But if you follow that, you will make the best brisket ever. In fact, we'll say award-winning brisket. So you have a book that I guess in all accounts, you're laying it all out there word for word. A lot of people would take yeah. that out on the road and do a competition cooking class of sorts and get you know anywhere from 300 to $500 to $700 a head to lay that out over the course of a weekend. Did a book just make more sense to do that to reach, I guess, a broader audience than, than more of a, a specific region? Well, Chris teaches those classes. Um, you know, Chris teaches those competition barbecue classes. And, you know, you can find him at, um, on Twitter at Wicked Barbecue. And I teach more of kind of the uh, layman's version of it, you know, the, the corporate class of how to become a pit master. Um, but we decided that, you know, we really wanted to people, you know, this is how there is no book out there. There's no book that shows how to make competitive barbecue. And, and you know, Greg, that competitive barbecue is better than any barbecue you'll eat at any restaurant. Yeah. And we really wanted to show people that it is possible and anybody can do it. All right, so when you're writing a book, and I have never written one. Okay, so truth be told, I've never even read a book. However, that means I've never written a book. So when the <laughs> writing process is going on, is this something where you and Chris get together two, three, four times a week and you're sitting together like Sipowitz and Clark of NYPD Blue and you're just hammering <laughs> stuff out, written word? Or are you doing it on your own? You're meeting every so often to kind of collaborate and see where you're at. How does the process work? Well, we, write a, we wrote a big outline. So you have an outline of kind of what the book's going to look like, just like writing any big report. And then you divide up each area where your strengths are, and then um, we kind of on our own wrote each kind of area. You know, Chris really focused on that first chapter, you know, that whole barbecue stuff, pretty much him. Then at the very end, we all get together, it's myself and Chris and Andrea, who's our, who's our co-author. We kind of go through it and make sure that it, it reads well, it, it, it flows well, and that it's understandable. And um, so it's a very collaborative process where we work on our own and then get work together. Andy Husband's joining me here on the show. We're talking about Wicked Good Barbecue, the book itself. So now that it has been out for the amount of time that it has been, are you surprised, are you and Chris surprised at how well it was received? Did you realize that you know, Chris and you and the team, I guess, had a really good foothold within that barbecue community to where you might have expected it 
to do well or did it exceed expectation? Jeez, I mean, I don't think we knew what to expect. I mean, it's on its fourth fourth printing right now, wow. and uh, it's only been out for about five months, so we're real proud of that. And um, we knew we had something good. We knew we had something special, but I, I you know, we're we're blown away by the response from it, and, and people have just loved it. We've been getting, you know, there's a we have a Facebook page, Wicked Good Barbecue Facebook page, tons of great notes from people, so. We just hope it keeps going well. Do you have a favorite recipe in that book? Wow. Um, you know, I'd probably say, besides the ribs, which the ribs are phenomenal, um, you know, the, the porchetta, the, the, uh, the porchetta uh, hog is phenomenal. That recipe is written by our friend John Delfa, who owns the Belticow Bistro in Vermont, and it is phenomenal. I've made it several times. Really, really good. All right, so you're in the fourth printing now. Like you said, it's been out five, six months. Yeah. And you were contacted. This was something that was pitched to you guys. So have there been any rumblings about getting a second book into the works, or is that something that's already happening? Where are we stand with that? Yeah, we're beyond rumblings. We are writing, <laughs> we're, we're writing Wicked Good Burgers right now. In fact, um, this weekend I have the photo shoot for, for, the, for it. We've, we're pretty much done on the writing, just finishing up the testing, and uh, – should see it next year. Wicked Good Burgers. All right. So uh, 2013, we'll see uh, another Wicked Good titled book called Wicked Good Burgers. Um, you know, July 4th is tomorrow, and I want to put you on the spot because we didn't really outline this too much. But, you know, a lot of people are going to be making hamburgers. Is there a, a one or two key things that people need to remember and do to make a successful burger tomorrow? Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the meat quality. You know, we're a big fan of uh, – uh, grass-fed meat, uh, 80-20 or 20% fat, 80% uh, the beef. Um, but what's really important, and, is, and we really talk about this in the book, is the technique. You want a high fire, either grill or sear it in a pan, and you want to really caramelize it up so it gets that nice, crunchy outside, well-seasoned, crunchy outside. How you cook it is probably the most important part of a burger. I can't stress this enough. And we cook it for about two to three minutes on each side over high heat, and then you have the perfect burger. And one last thing, yep. let it rest. Let it rest for about three, four minutes. Because when you cook meat, it's, it's like twisting a rubber band, and it twists and twists and twists. And if you cut into it right away, the juices come out. So if you let it rest, that rubber band unwinds, and the juices stick right in the meat, and it's juicy and tender. All right, Andy, let me ask you uh, one other question here before I let you go. And I know I should have let you go a couple minutes ago, very busy. But, <laughs> you know, you see these people on uh, television, and by people I mean like uh, Sandra Lee and, you know, a number of these other – I mean, they're not chefs. I mean, they're not chefs like you. They're, they're cooks that have personality, <laughs> like a Rachel Ray, let's say. They're sitting up here, and they're talking about searing, sealing in the juices of the meat. Uh where do you weigh out on that? Yes. Is that true or false? Uh, I love this question because where I went to school, they say, you know, searing in locks in the juices when you braise. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that even happens because you're not actually cauterizing a cut. And so it, it, juices could still come out. But what you're doing really is caramelizing the meat and creating another layer of flavor and another texture. Uh, the, the juices will stay in as long as you let the meat relax at the end and rest for a few minutes. Best answer I've heard all day because I like to fist fight people that tell me that when they're searing, they're sealing in the juices. 
All right, uh, Andy. I mean, how does that happen? I can go all day about that. You well, sear the meat and then you braise it. And what, the liquid doesn't get in? I mean, how is that even possible? It's ridiculous. I, th- I think you could take a big cut of steak, put it on a uh, easy hook, and hang it behind an F-14 Tomcat afterburner. And if you let it <laughs> sit there and rest for at least five minutes and you pick it back up, inevitably there is juice on the plate. If it was sealed in, the entire outside would be bone dry, right? Yeah, that pretty much. I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. All right, so let's stop <laughs> misinformation. Andy and I are here to help the people of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. All right, uh, Andy Husband's joining me here. Uh, Tremont647.com, fearlesschef.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Andy Husband's. And uh, we'll look for wicked good hamburgers coming out next year. We'll have you back on to talk about that. Andy, appreciate the show uh, or the time for the show tonight. Thanks for doing it. Greg, thank you. Happy 4th of July. You too. Take care. Be safe. There he is, Andy Husbands from uh, FearlessChef.com, Tremont647.com, and again, Twitter, at Andy Husbands. All right, Bob, let's do this uh, break thing so we can get to Mr. Three Eyes. Gang, take your barbecue to the next level of the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a business drive and fly in from all over the world for the Institute's small, friendly, informative classes. Now, the Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes going on right now this summer leading into fall, covering everything from a short fajita class to an all-day class on how to smoke the classics like brisket, pork, ribs, and chicken. Here's what I like. You know, Conrad is out there. He's not sitting here telling you that you know, you're going to win the next 58 competitions. He's not giving out. He does competition cooking classes. But these are geared more for people like me. Now, maybe uh, you've got a wife, girlfriend, or maybe you're a lady who likes to cook. Maybe you've got a man of some sort. Start dropping the hints now that you want to take a Barbecue Institute cooking class. And you're saving your significant other, whoever is buying it, Money. You're not going to be spending five, six, seven hundred dollars on a class. You know, it could be a couple hundred bucks, could be three hundred bucks, but it's going to be significantly less than what is out there on the competition trail. Because look, if you're like me, you're not going to get out there on the competition circuit, but you're going to be learning from a guy who wins on the competition circuit, but has a vast experience of cooking and smoking and grilling and all that stuff. You can learn the differences between cooking with charcoal and gas and logs and wood pellets. They all produce amazing results, yet require different route to get there. And you learn all the practical secrets and the food science. That's key. All the methodology to get the best results from each heat source. Now, we're not teaching classes on the weekends. The teddy bear is conducting private classes and corporate events for coast-to-coast during the week. He also founded OPBBQ.com in 2004, still serving barbecue for troops and for the wounded warriors. Now, to make your next off-site event really memorable, have a Barbecue Institute off-site party. Show your employees you care where the very best barbecue money can buy. They'll be talking about it for years to come. And put away the leftover barbecue because they're going to steal it. It's that good. Your employees are thieves. Message to all business owners. Look, for details, go to Barbecue Institute classes. I'm sorry, for more information on the Barbecue Institute classes, you go to BBQ. Institute.com. Click on their ad on the Barbecue Central homepage if you want. Check out the Facebook page for the latest news and pictures, all that great stuff. Sign up now, won't you? BBQInstitute.com. The hottest team 
in the business joins me next. Stick around. Be right back. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Thanks to Andy Husbands for joining me. Hit a lot of different things there. We've got to talk to you. What can I tell you? Uh, Survey Tuesday questions. Were you happy with who won Barbecue Pitmasters? That was Johnny Trigg. Who would you like to see next season? There is going to be a next season already. And favorite cut of pork? I was happy. I wouldn't mind seeing Munch and Hogs. And I like pork tenderloin. What do you want me to tell you? All right. I stated this past weekend on my website Facebook page that my uh, guest tonight helping me close the show, probably the hottest team on the circuit right now. They took another grand this past weekend in Covington, Virginia, and here to talk about it as well as their recent success is their pitmaster. Let's race over the hotline. And we grab friend of the show, Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue. Dan, how are you, buddy? Dan, you there, buddy? I'm here. Oh, man. Sound is crappy again. Can you uh, can you message me a, a phone number to call you back at? Yeah, give me one second. All right, I'll be paying attention. You're going to get a number. Rest the cursor over there on his page, and then hit the thing down bottom left, bottom left, other left. Yep, you'll get a phone number. See it? Okay, uh, highlight it. Highlight the phone number. Got it? Copy. All right, Dan, I'm going to hang up and call you right back. Well, when we had match game music, we had the match game. Hello. Hey, Dan. Bob, it's Dan Hicks. You hear me, buddy? I can't hear me. Yes, we got you and we're all set. Uh, Dan, uh, you know, I mentioned in the open that over the past few months, Three Eyes has really a legitimate probably the legitimate claim as the hottest team on the circuit right now. you think that's a fair statement to make? Uh, I don't know. We don't look at it that way. We just try and do the best we can every weekend. And, uh, you know, it's hard to keep track of whatever, like 4,000 teams across the country. (laughs) But it's not hard to keep track of the fact that you have won four out of the last five events that you have entered. Uh, Three more gets an invite to the Jack. So maybe being a little bit more than halfway there is something that has started to – 
make its way around a little talk at the Three Ice Camp and anything being mentioned around there? Well, perhaps. But, uh, you know, we need to win another one and then another one after that. So we try and look at it uh, one, one day at a time. You know, we're running out of time. We've only got uh, another six contests uh, to go before the uh, deadline. So we have to keep that in mind as well. Absolutely. Uh, Dan Hickson joining me, Three Eyes Barbecue team. You can find them on the web. It's uh, the numeral three, then eyes, E-Y-Z, bbq.com if you want to check them out. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and have a look at this past weekend, Dan, if you don't mind. And, and I guess before we get into the categories specifically, you know, how did the weekend unfold for you? Anything out of the ordinary, uh, strange kids, uh, creeping marauders, wind, rain, anything out of the ordinary you had to contend with? <laughs> I don't know about strange kids, but uh, the weather definitely played a part in it. I don't know that I've ever seen easy ups become missiles like that. Uh, we had quite the storm system come through, and it pretty much wiped out the vendors and uh, a couple of the teams. So uh, that was very difficult. Did you have any advanced warning that there were potential storms in that area, or did it just kind of creep up on you? Well, I'm kind of a weather nerd. It's one of the things I like. So um, I've been known always to look at the weather on my cell phone, and it definitely helped us this time around. We had our canopies down. We had everything packed up and uh, pointed into the wind, and we were ready to go. All right, so when you see this weather start approaching, and uh, you know it was coming, so you were able to, to plan for it a little bit more than maybe some of the other people weren't kind of keeping up on it. As you said, you have uh, easy up canopies being launched like Scud missiles and things getting knocked around and about and knocking some teams out, actually. What is it like for you yeah. mentally to have to deal with that and then make sure that you are also staying on track with you know with the bigger cuts of meat and all that other stuff? Well, that's when having a good team comes in. Um, they know, my team knows that my focus is going to be on the cookers and uh, the trailer could pretty much blow down around me and I'm still going to be focused on that. So they, they tend to the other details, uh, making sure everything's tied down and uh, making sure I can focus on that. So having a team is huge and uh, to be prepared and we were switched over to generator power and uh, the town lost power after that. So uh, experience definitely helped. All right. So, uh, Dan, if you don't mind, uh, if you want to mention the other people that are on the team and, and maybe what they're responsible for. Sure. Um, Chris Hall has been my, my right-hand man for the last couple of years now. Um, Eric Fraze is our new guy. Uh, he's only got about 12 competitions under his belt, and he's um, really responsible for the auxiliary categories and helping out their internals. And he's been um, unbelievable. Um, he's racked up uh, four or five first places, uh, second place, uh, third place this past weekend. So he's really pulling his weight. Uh, Dan McGrath um, is also on the team. Um, he'll be helping us out more in the second half of the season. And my wife, Tracy Hickson, uh, does a lot of the uh, boxes for us and helps out wherever she can. How many events did you plan on doing during the course of this year, Dan, when you started out? Oh, this is our biggest year yet. Um, we plan right off the bat. I mean, depending on how the Sam's Club works out, I think between 23 and 25 events. Wow. And uh, we've added one or two more. Uh, we had one get canceled this weekend uh, that we were trying to join uh, in Stanton. Um, it's tough getting an event canceled, you know, five days away from it. Absolutely, Dan well, Hickson. Go ahead, Dan. We'll end up, you know, under 30, but probably somewhere around 28 once all said and done. Wow, so uh, certainly a big number, and as you said, bigger than you've ever done in the past. So, uh, you know, as we start to look at the categories individually, and we'll start just like they're called out, uh, you go to chicken, you get ended up getting a 15th overall, you know, as you look at it, given everything that you had to contend with during the course of the cook and over the weekend, 
you know, how did the chicken taste to you guys as you were getting into the box and, and running it over, and, and kind of how did that fit with what you got 15th overall? Yeah, chicken's always kind of strange. Uh, they fell off the map for us for a while last year, uh, and then it's come back strong recently. And then all of a sudden, uh, to get shut out a team of, uh, or a field of 20, rather, in uh, chicken when they announced the top 10, um, you know, any hopes of winning a GC was pretty much gone at that point, to be honest. Um, and then they did my least favorite thing, which is hold the first places until the end, too. So that added a little suspense to the award ceremony. Yeah. So if you're, so they were calling like top ten, but just until uh, second, and then they were holding first all the way around. Exactly. Oh my god! And so, that happened like three or four times over the last year. So yeah. So you don't know whether you're eleventh or whether you're first. Right, and there was a couple of good teams that hadn't been called. Um, Zero Grillers hadn't been called for chicken, and Busy Pig hadn't been called for chicken. So, um, you know, the helps of getting a first place in chicken weren't, weren't very high. Yeah, all right, so this kind of puts a, a completely different spin on how we were going to go over the categories since they were holding first. So you don't get a call in chicken. They're holding first place, which is kind of weird, so I don't know how I'm actually going to proceed, but... We go to we go to well. Let me ask you this: Do you are you tasting chicken before you before you run it in, or do you just cook it? You've done it a billion different times, and you just put it in the box and run. I'd say it's different for categories. Um, for chicken, I usually taste it um, once it's gone or once it's already in the box. So I'm not adjusting the flavor on it. Um, with ribs, I taste because I want to taste the tenderness more than the flavor. Um, and then um, I can't remember the last time I tasted pork. And uh, Chris is the brisket expert. Actually, Chris and Eric both taste the brisket. All right. So you know, we each have our specialties. Dan Hickson joining me here on the show from Three Eyes Barbecue. We're talking about his win this past weekend in Covington, Virginia. So we get to ribs. Uh, you ended up winning ribs, but you didn't know that until the very end. Uh, you know, as you look at it, you're selecting your ribs to turn into the box. I mean, were these first place ribs in your eyes, or did you think you got over a little bit? Oh, no. I mean, you, you know, you said you didn't know how to proceed. I, I know how to proceed. My, my heart was, was dropping. I mean, we had no call in chicken, you know, with a first place up for grabs. No call in ribs with a first place up for grabs. But you can't ever expect a first place. Um, and then, you know, no call in pork. Yeah, so right. we were watching people walk up three times, and we hadn't walked up once. All right, so uh, you ended up winning pork, but you don't know it. Was Was pork good for you? Just kind of the standard three eyes pork, or did you think it was over and above? Yeah, I mean, it, we executed well. I didn't think anything was spectacular, but nothing was awful either. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I like to end up. It's been the kiss of death, and I've really loved something. Um, like our ribs the week before, I loved, and it tanked. So, not always a good sign. So, you go into brisket, you're, well, for now, your first and only call out of the four categories, and you get a second place. Brisket, I would imagine, seemed pretty good to you guys as you were running it in. Then. Yeah, yeah, brisket was uh, was a good entry. We, we knew that. So, um, you know, it, it was looking more hopeful with the second-place call on brisket with the three categories held. So, All right, so I guess it's kind of weird. So as they – you get one call, you're probably – I mean, who knows what you're thinking. I mean, what are you thinking at that point? You've tanked everything or you had to have had a couple firsts or you just never think you're getting first. Well, you know, every once in a while you have one of those contests, it's just an outlier, and uh, you just hope to forget about it. And I had mentally prepared myself that it wasn't going to be a good day, um, and, and that's what was in my mind. And then when we got the first call um, for first place, actually after the pork call, they had us all go stand up there and um, 
take a first place photograph too, which kind of prolonged the you know who's going to win. <laughs> which which they always seem to do when we're in the running. All right, so now you know that you didn't get a first in chicken, so you don't know where you're at. You won pork, you won ribs, and you got the second brisket. So, I mean, you're a pretty bright guy, Dan. Are you surmising that all of a sudden you have a really good shot at walking away on top of this game or still not so much at that point? Well, thank you for calling me a bright guy. But, you know, there's always <laughs> doubt. You're always tired of the competition. And um, I have not won a competition with three strong calls uh, because one category is tanked. Now with 20 teams, you know, that's a little different. Um, but it's always in your mind that I get, you know, DAL and chicken. Um, and is that going to hold us back? Because um, Tommy Houston, uh, you know, had four strong calls as well. Um, and uh, he ended up getting reserved. So, you know, we were we were very thrilled and very surprised at the outcome. Dan Hickson joining me here on the show. com is the website, and that's the numeral three, and then EYZBBQ.com if you want to check them out. You know, Dan, given the success that you have had, you know, over those past five events, I mean, you're winning four of them. As you're going in, do you feel any type of an added pressure as you head into upcoming competitions, or are you just kind of enjoying this run while it lasts and whatever happens, happens? Just enjoying the run. You know, I used to worry about what teams were there and how many people and how strong the field was, and we're in our own little world right now. We're just trying to cook uh, the best food that we can and uh, turn the best food into the judges, not worry about what tables we land on, et cetera, and um, just, you know, let the judging, um, you know, happen. And it, that kind of mentality has worked for us. Have there been any tweaks, major or minor, to the recipes that you guys have been using that you think have kind of helped contributed to this success or not so much? No, I do. I mean, this year has been a major switch-up for us. Um, I've actually... Um, stopped playing around as much and I use our rub straight out of the bag for every category and in years past I've used our rub um, but I haven't used it on every category straight up without tweak so um, it's it's been consistent and it's been working all right so that kind of segues me nicely into my next question so I appreciate that Dan you know aside from the contest you also have a very popular rub uh, one of my favorite rubs that I use on a fairly regular basis which is uh, the three eyes brand rub how are sales, and have you seen any type of increase given this recent success of the team? Or are people wanting to get their hands on what Three Eyes is using? And, of course, they know what they're using. I don't know that I've seen an increase. Um, it's, been a, it's been steady. Sales have been steady, and our customer base is clearly the competitor cooks. Um, I mean, the general public will buy a bottle or, or two every once in a while, and they come back and find us at the, at the next event. But, um, you know, I'm selling 50-pound boxes to uh, some competitors and some caterers. So that's a good feeling to know that my peers are, are using the same rub that we are um, and using it against us. So I was going to say, are, is there a lot of the time where they're using your rub against you? And then what's it like as a businessman and a competitor if somebody that you know is walking ahead of you using your stuff? See, I like the challenge. I like any challenge. I'm, I'm extraordinarily competitive. So I look at it as eliminating a variable. Obviously, it's not the flavor profile. It's how we're cooking the meat. And I think that's the biggest um, That's the biggest thing in competition cooking. You know, not to say flavor profile isn't important, but I think cooking a good piece of meat is the most important thing. Dan Hickson joining us here on the show. Uh, Dan, you were on last season of Barbecue Pitmasters. I'm transitioning here. Um, did you watch season three at all, and, and what did you think of it? 
Um, I liked season three. Um, it was, of course, a departure from um, uh, the season I was on. Um, and and I, I won't lie, every time I, I watch one of the episodes, I just wish that I had at least one piece of barbecue to cook on my episode. Um, it seemed like they really went back towards the, the traditional competition meets, which is a good thing. But um, I liked it. They had some, some great teams there. Um, I like uh, the, the judging this year was good. Um, Tuffy's a good addition. Do you like uh, Myron Mixon still being somehow associated with the show? And did you like the addition of Aaron Franklin? So, in essence, we're getting rid of you know a big fatso eater and Warren Sapp and you know kind of a, a high end chef of Art Smith, not necessarily having a, a barbecue palate. Did you like bringing barbecue people in to judge? I do like bringing barbecue people. Um, but um, I'm sorry, his name Aaron. Um, Aaron Franklin. I, mean, I don't think he was a good or bad addition. I'm just kind of indifferent to him. So I'd be perfectly happy if they found somebody else for next season. But um, I do think Myron, I mean, I think Myron is part of Barbecue Pitmasters. And, you know, I think he'd be missing um, if he wasn't part of the show. And Tuffy, I, I can't get over, you know, he's a great judge. But I, every time I look at him, I just see that he wants to cook. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, so I has Myron made that transition, Dan? Because typically you would hear Myron saying that he would rather be on the other side of that table. Uh, do you think Myron has, has finally come to peace with that transition where people are going to see him behind the table judging and talking versus cooking now? I don't know. I don't know Myron on a personal level. Um, he seems very comfortable in that role um, as a judge and not as a competitor. But, uh, you know, I think an interesting format would be, you know, whoever wins uh, the season of Barbecue Pitmasters um, to compete against Myron uh, for the crowd. I think that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I think that's uh, a, a number of people have actually made that pitch to me as well, and I think that would be uh, actually kind of cool. Uh, or, or, or perhaps, you know, bringing those judges, assuming they're, you know, halfway decent cooks, uh, bringing them down and, you know, the winner uh, cooking against the judges and for like an overall battle or something like that. Who knows? Um, Dan, where are, you, where are you and the team going to be competing at next? I'm sorry, Greg, what's that? I said, where, uh, where are you and three guys going to be competing next? Uh, let's see. Next up is uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, uh, first-year contest. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, Dan Hickson is the pitmaster of Three Eyes Barbecue. And, again, they are in a roll right now, so kind of keep an eye out for them, see how they continue. Dan, always appreciate the time you give to the show. Thanks for coming on tonight and talking about it. Hey, no problem, Greg. Thanks for having me. All right, you got it. There he is. It's uh, Dan Hickson. Three Eyes Barbecue Pitmaster doing really well. Paul, you're a little late with that question. I apologize. All right, uh, one more read here, Bob, and then we'll go ahead and close out the show. Gang, if you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up your barbecue and grilling game. And there's no better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your life. Now, I don't need to validate Butcher Barbecue. Uh, he is winning all the time on the competition circuit, finished very high, top 10 or better. Uh, he finished in the uh, third overall for KCBS Team of the Year for 2011. Top teams in all different sanctioning bodies are using his products. And we all know that Butchers is well known for their injections, the pork, the beef, and now that Prime Injection, which has combined all the things loved with their beef injection, using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They have combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. It's available for sale right now for ButcherBBQ.com. It's what uh, Dave is using right now as he competes. Now, perhaps you're looking for some go-to rubs or sauces. Central Lights, you have hit the mother load right here. 
Butcher's Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs and sauces. One of my personal favorites is that steak and brisket rub. But go ahead and I'm going to use some honey rub on some pork butts, a.k.a. tomorrow. I shouldn't have used a.k.a. Starting tomorrow for some things that I'm going to be cooking up for the 4th. It garnered a lot of internet attention last year uh, from Scott Roberts and scottrobertsweb.com. Try the premium rub. I use that all the time as well. If you inject it, use the premium rub and the injection because Butcher's has it specially formulated to work hand-in-hand. It's a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Now, last but not least, Butcher's Barbecue, that sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, nobody's pickier than me. Butcher's Barbecue Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, and just the right amount of back-end heat. And for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce, and he didn't take the easy way out like most people do when they add that devil's urine, better known as liquid smoke. Grab a box of six, it will go fast. Look, how do I know a barbecue sauce is good? I eat it, yeah. No kidding. Guess what? Producer Bobby eats Butcher's Barbecue. My middle daughter, Maddie, eats Butcher Barbecue. My youngest eats Butcher Barbecue. My wife eats Butcher Barbecue. It's the sauce on hand. It is the Rempy's choice of barbecue sauce to have on the go if I'm not making my own. So do yourself a favor. Don't worry about the shipping. Okay? Forget about it. Orders $55 or less, ship at $7. Orders at $56 and up, $9. This is cheap. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. You stock up now. Get a bottle. Get a box of six sauce. Trust me. You, you'll you be thanking me. ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. We're going to wrap up right after this. It's a Barbecue Central Radio show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. John Dawson weighing in on Survey Tuesday. No. He is not happy. It was trigged. I get it. Number two, he would like to see Smoke and Triggers back on. And number three, he would like to see pork. Uh, uh, his favorite, like to see his favorite cut of pig is pork cheek, pork jowls. Get it? I roll. Thank you, Mister Patio Daddio, for weighing in. All right. Thanks to uh, Dan Hickson last segment for joining me. Also for uh, Andy Husbands rounding out the uh, two guests. This uh, basic barbecue team is going to be competing in Rhode Island against Chris Lilly. Also, Scotty Johnson of Cancer Sucks Chicago. IQ will be there. Smoking Hogs. Oh my God. Whiskey Bent. McFrankenboo. Lakeside. More and more. And I just like to go out there and high five everybody. I like to high five everybody. High five everybody. Hey. Okay. Um, some of you have pointed out the fact that my uh, video keeps kind of like doing a little jitter thing. Um, I, if you notice, I'm not necessarily like at my old desk. 
that I might revert back to next week. Um, but I have a uh, USB extension cable to get the camera because, you know, the cables on the cameras that come with aren't necessarily long. I don't really have a good way of setting it up to where I wouldn't have to use that, but that would probably make that little go away. There you go. That's what's happening with that. All right, Bob, let's get out. Let's wrap this show up. Let's do this thing. What's going on? What does that say up there? What does that say? Oh, why don't I take that out? Damn it. Fade that out. I always forget. Chat room karma for everybody tonight, by the way, for all you people talking about. All right, go ahead. Uh, let me thank my guests tonight. All the way back in hour number one, we had who? Mark Graham, Grilla, mygrilla.com. Second guest, surprise guest, Doug Caston, Smoker's Purgatory. They won the Great Lenexa Barbecue Battle. Special guest, surprise guest, surprise In the second hour, we had Andy O.C. Husbands talking about the Wicked Good Barbecue book, and they have Wicked Good Hamburgers coming out next year. Andy, great guy to talk to. A lot of charisma. I say that, you know, like I'm from New England. Charisma. And then we finished the show with Dan Hickson. He doesn't want to say it. I think there's, like, some unspoken modesty thing with these barbecue guys that I need to get pressed out of them. Hottest team on the circuit right now. Nobody wants to face them. Trust me. Karma attaches to Dan, everybody else. All right, two things. Let me help to uh, remind you to control the rusty grill grate population if you cook with raw cast iron. Make sure that you season it after each and every cook. With a little Pam or a little Crisco, let it burn in as it cools down to keep it rust-free and useful for generations to come. Also, September 11, 2001. Here and here, I will never forget. Don't forget next Tuesday, we got Rocky Stubblefield and... We have another great guest, Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills will be on. Plus other guests. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American. Happy Fourth of July. Tomorrow, everybody, be safe. I am out.